How's it going? How's it going? Kubo. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science has any passive income. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Cameron Schmoopy Sharon. Hello. And Christopher T. Baggibson. Namaste, BA. Namaste, Schmoopy. I didn't know when to come in there. All right. Gibbo, passive income, what you got, mate? So for those out there who aren't really sure, what is passive income? Passive is that income, like passive smoking, so you accidentally earn money? You come across, well, in a way, like you may, passive income, I guess you're still doing something. Passive income is where you create an asset for yourself yep. through either shares, property, or a service that's scalable that you just sell, like an online course, or t-shirts that people buy um, anyway, mm. and it just makes you money without oh. you doing anything once you've made the asset. I think science is earning a lot from passive income. You reckon? I think loads and loads. All the stuff that science has given us. Yeah. Shouldn't science get credit for all the patents? Is it? Well, that's true. Shouldn't it's, it get credit for all Science will be them? licensing a lot of things, I imagine. Yeah. yeah it's just on. sitting back and loving those royalties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Science will be earning a lot of, yeah. lot of passive now, income. Does it need money? Probably not, but- I don't think it would uh, it would have any objection to earning loads. No. I think yeah. it'd be passive about it. It'd be very <laughs> passive. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So that's my answer. Good. Have you any passive income sources? I've got some shares. Yeah, nice. Uh, what shares so you got, mate? What shares you got? Actually, I've only got Argo, which is a um, All right. an Adelaide-based investment company. So yep. they invest my money. Uh, yeah, great. And then, yeah, they, they do quite well. So they, good. they give good dividends nice uh twice a year yeah that's good excellent on yeah um i have got uh some shares i got a a small share portfolio and also i've got happy arnold t-shirts that i have earned 118 dollars from over two years that's impressive how many t-shirts is that that's like i think it's like 15 or 16 t-shirts okay so are you selling them to so arnold is your friend yes uh, are you selling these t-shirts to people you don't know or who Can't, don't so know Arnold? Two people that I know have bought them that we don't like, they're not connected to our group of friends. Mm-hmm. But then um, Arnold, so so I made this vector image because I wanted to learn how to do vector graphics. I chose Arnold's face, put it up on Redbubble for a laugh. And then now there's this thing that's created called the Arnold Appreciation Association, the AAA. Wow. wow. And they all have to buy T-shirts to be part of this association. Okay. And so now, every time they, like, stickers, mugs, hoodies, T-shirts, every time someone buys something with Happy Arnold's face on it, done. Wow. Passive income. No. So you're, you're earning over a dollar a week from those T-shirts. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in 100 years, you'll have over $5,000. Yeah. Are you a part of the Arnold Appreciation Society? Nope. Do you know who they are? Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's it's load of people based in there's Sydney, Melbourne, um, uh, Canada. There's some members as well. <laughs> it's bloody insane. Sign me up. Yeah. Sounds like a cult. Buy Let's yourself, go for it. Buy yourself a t-shirt, mate. I right. get four dollars royalty for each t-shirt. I don't want one now. Okay, fair enough. 
And I'm, I mean, we're all earning huh? passive income from the Peepop merch. Yeah. Are we? Yeah, all the Peepop merch we? that we Ava- sell. <laughs> available on... Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where's it on? I don't know anymore. Is it Zazzle? <laughs> Zazzle. It- yeah, Zazzle. Zazzle. But that was super expensive. No one's yeah. going to pay $40 for a mug. Anybetter.net. don't recall seeing a check yet from it. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no, we haven't earned very much. I mean, it is buying me a new yacht. Oh, but we haven't earned enough for you to receive your share yet because oh. the next yacht will be yours after Cameron gets oh, his yacht. Kind of like a pyramid scheme. Kind of like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, yes. and I'm at the bottom of the pyramid. But it's not a pyramid scheme. It's more based on the trapezoid. It's a reverse pyramid Ah, where I get all the wealth. Oh, I see. A ziggurat. A ziggurat. Very good. That's what the uh, ancient Southern American Indians used to worship on. Great. Yeah. Oh, toilet update. Oh, very good. Right. Last time you had root issues. Root issues. You got a man in to got, fix it up for you. Yeah. Real yeah. man. So last time they came over, they ripped up the roots and sprayed it all out. It was lovely. Today they came in and put a liner in so the roots would no longer get into the pipes, which is great, right? Mm. So great. Yes. So I sat down and I was just like, Mm. Uh, I was like, I need to test this liner with a big <laughs> one. Uh, uh, mm. uh, and then... <laughs> what? What did you see? So a big old turd uh. in the toilet. Then I flushed the toilet. Yeah. And we put down the camera. Yeah. And right at the bottom of the mm. hole yeah. was the news for the week. <laughs> Is this a thing? Is it's this going to be a thing? It's, it's getting more and more elaborate and it's all based around your toilet and your excretions. There's only so much more I can do around my toilet. I'm going yeah. to get it. I'm going to have to be more inventive, but that's the second You could do one. sick sick noises. Yes. You could vomit up news of the week. Yeah. 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 That's Perfect. Good. That's next week. Thank you. For P-poppers, even though this doesn't feel like it, we're very close recordings. Yes. So I don't think we have much. Um, I'll go first. So this morning I had a breakfast meeting Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. With, with some potential clients, not only for Verbalize, but also consulting. And then also um, for lecturing at UTS into their science communication course. What? University of Technology, Technology Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, mm. that's right. So look. No idea where it's going to go, but that was what was offered. Wow. Fantastic. Well done. Sounds well done. nice. Yeah, it does sound nice. Um, what else? That's it. I think that's all I've got. What did you eat for breakfast? Was it quinoa? What was it? No. Two eggs, toast, and mushrooms. Oh, lovely. Sauce? Uh, there was a kale pesto. Okay. Kale pesto, eh? It just <laughs> seems a bit dry. No, the eggs were poached. Okay. So they provided the lubricant for yep. my throat. All right. <laughs> happy? Uh, well, I'm not, ha- I'm not happy with that description what at all. What do you want, mate? What do you I want? Think you that, want beans? I think that meal needs some yeah, beans in a tomato-based sauce. I don't know, I'm not really a beans person. And not an over. Give me it needs another an actual, option. A dead animal that isn't an egg. Any steak in there? Bacon? <laughs> no, mate. No, look. I watched a documentary today and it was about... This is why I was meant to be doing work. It was all about the beef industry. Yep. I think I'm done with beef. Yep. I will probably eat beef again in the future, but yep. I'm going to try my best not You'll to. You'll be eating hot dogs on the way home, guaranteed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, Shmoopy? Yeah, so 
Today's Wednesday. We last recorded on Saturday. Come Hasn't on, been long. squeeze it in. Squeeze in yeah. that important stuff. Uh, so, during the week, I used an instrument called a helium sniffer. Oh, is oh, that? There you go. It's a kind of dog. It seems like you, <laughs> that is something that you could get arrested for. <laughs> It's a very good name for an instrument, don't you think? Yeah, the, and I like that's, it. And that's, and that's not, his actual name. That's what it says on the packet, helium sniffer. Lovely. So it's a, an instrument that detects helium, it I detects, assume? It detects helium by sniffing it out. Helium is a noble gas, so very unreactive with anything. How does a device sense or sniff helium? Doesn't it absorb I'm to metal surfaces? I don't know. No, it doesn't. Oh. That would hydrogen would do that. Okay. Uh, helium. So this just ionizes all the gas, and then it runs a mass spectroscopy. Uh, um, how big is this sniffer? It's a. It's the sniffer is the size of my finger, but yeah. then it's got a tube that runs to an instrument the size of a computer. Building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a small, like a computer, your, your oh, okay. general workstation computer. That's yeah, a right. pretty compact mass spec, I have to say. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I, see, the, the word sniffer, yeah. to me, I immediately think it's portable. But yes, it's not it is. Soup, yeah, but it's not like, it's like how a piano it's is on portable. wheels. Yeah, no, I want to be pocket <laughs> size, mate. Yeah, you can put a boat on wheels. I yeah, mean. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and then I did something that uh, I did something I did something new this mm. week. So as part of this new uh, six month extension, I need to oh, yeah. extend our current range of catalysis instruments. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're going into flow, flow catalysis. Oh yes, and I needed to. Well, I need to um, measure how fast something will flow through my reactor. Right. So the way you do that is you have uh, one gas um, going through the reactor and then you pulse in a second gas for a known amount of time and then you detect it coming out. Mm. So that's what the helium sniffer is for. Okay, so you're detecting mm. helium. Yeah. So in the space of a day, I learned two new instruments, completely set up the gas lines for that reaction to do and did all of the experiments. Brilliant. Um, yeah. God, what? As far as science goes, it doesn't really get more productive than that, does I it? I know. So that that is a really good day. It's only Wednesday. Calm Com- down. Completely, Easy. <laughs> Easy. Completely unpublishable results. <laughs> so the yes. data is good, but it's just got nowhere to go because I'm just looking at how something flows through my reactor. Sure. It's not part of my catalysis experiment. It's well, just- now hold on, hold on. What? Any any data can be turned into a paper. Come on, <laughs> come yeah, on. You're not thinking about this hard enough. Yeah. Well, maybe that's true. You can do it, you can do it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just interesting how you can have a real good science day, yeah. but it actually doesn't mm. have anything tangible at the outcome. Even, yeah. Yeah. I well, think- I mean, the, the, the tangibility comes in the fact that when you're actually going to run your experiments, you'll know what is going on. Yeah. This is kind of like, this is your share portfolio. Mm. You're, you're laying down. And this is some passive. It's some like, pa- that's it's right. Going to be, it's going to passively pay over a long period of time. Exactly. And, that's it. And this is so two new techniques, yep. two new instruments. Whack it on the CV. Yeah. Can helium sniff. Yep. Dot Can com. sniff helium. <laughs> Can smell it. Yeah. All right, give up. Oh, what me. have you been up to, mate? <laughs> right. In three days. Oh, shit. I've got to put my glasses on. 
Oh, that is not ever good. So the thing about the Harris scarf glasses <laughs> is they're bad <laughs> quality. <laughs> but um, the, <laughs> they were the worst uh, glasses ever. Yeah. Before, so it's not just the lenses that are poor quality. <laughs> the frames are very very weak, and so the four dollars ninety five hasn't wow. just gone into poor lenses. They've very got weak. Frames. Did you sit on them? Well, they've been in my front pocket, so I don't even have to sit on them to oh, damage them. You bend, you twisting. The, the, what the kind of bending of my legs puts, puts glasses in their front pocket? This one. <laughs> in a case? No, no just of loose. No, it's look at him. Look <laughs> Scra- at him. Scratched up by my keys and everything. <laughs> with your keys. Yeah, with my keys. <laughs> anyway, all right, back to me. Um, um so. Uh, so I haven't got much news myself either. It's only been four days. I couldn't come up with much. BA's continuing to help me with my branding. Yes. LinkedIn is moving along. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, got a photo up? Uh, no, he, it, not through his own fault. I haven't done it. <laughs> uh, he's dragging the oh, chain a bit. <laughs> yeah, had to watch a documentary yeah. on the beef industry today, Andy. That's true. Yeah, no, it is my fault. It is my fault. <laughs> he's been uh, having long breakfasts. Anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, Shauna's birthday is next week, so I'm looking Ooh. forward to that. Um, we're going to go see a film. We're, we're all looking forward to seeing Shazam. I don't know if you've seen the ads for that. It looks kind of funny. Nope. It's anyway. a DC, isn't it? It's uh, a DC one, but it's it's getting really good reviews. So the comic we, ones? Yeah, it's one of those. You're a grown-up though, mate. Oh, I know, but I have to take Shauna to it because she really wants oh, to see okay. it, so it's not my fault. All right. no, that's I good. have to sit and watch it and buy popcorn yeah. and, and lollies. All that's right. not so bad. So Shauna recently in a basketball game, her last one scored three baskets. Oh, um, well done, Shauna! And the team won easily. And nice. She was not the top scorer; she was second, second top scorer. So basketball, great game, and that is it. That's it for me. Oh, well done, Chris. Boom. Well done, Shauna. Boom. <laughs> It's time for Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Do I normally go higher than you or lower than you? I've forgotten. Higher, I think. Uh, I went lower. Um, The topic for the day is meetings. Meetings. Bloody meetings. Bloody eh? meetings. How long should they be? What time of the day? What format should they take? How useful are they? Yeah, lots of questions. What? A load, a load of questions. Lots of questions about meetings. So, Let's, are uh, we going to focus on like a supervisor student style meetings, or are we also going to include group meetings? Um, I was, I was going to, I was, I was just going to throw out and cover it all, but we probably don't have enough time. There's so many kinds of meetings. I tell you what, what are, what are the ones that scientists? What do we do Mostly. differently? What meetings do we do? Like I was going to ask you the question now that you're out of science. Yeah. And we did we covered this a little bit is um, what are your meetings like these days? How do they differ from science meetings? All right. Okay. So let's take the unique parts of science meetings. Mm. First of all, because I don't work for a company anymore, I have one-on-one meetings only. So someone gets in contact with me and says, hey, let's meet up for a coffee. And so all of my meetings are completely revolved around providing value to either me or them. Have you ever had a meeting that didn't involve drinking or eating since you've become a entrepreneur? entrepreneur. No. no. That's interesting. <laughs> they are always yeah. around a coffee. So what I think science has that not a lot of is, is this idea of um, a group meeting okay. where yep. 
it's it's like an internal communication thing about the work that's going on um and also i feel like the student like because i meet up with my mentor but certainly student supervisor or student or supervisor researcher let's say those meetings like i very rarely meet up with uh say a supervisor type person yeah those happen much more regularly at least in science and probably other professions but let's go with those gibbo let's right. start with the group meeting what have you got on those so what i was going to ask was what what do you guys think makes a good group meeting What's the duration, do you think? For I mean, duration's a key one for me, I think. Mm. And the time of day as well. All right, let's take one at a time. All right. Shmoopy. Duration. All right, duration. Definitely maximum is one hour. You want to be doing it, but hopefully your regular amount of time is 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. You think a group meeting can get done in 30 minutes? Yes. All right. Definitely. Have you seen it done? Uh, it can be done. Um we had some, depending on the number of speakers. So, say the, a group meeting where somebody somebody presents a, a short talk. So, they could say, this is what I've done over the last few months. Or they're doing a talk on, uh, I went to a conference or I, I read this interesting paper. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the meeting is like group news or like what's new in the lab? What are people doing that maybe they could be doing better? Yeah. That type of thing. Maybe uh, Chris got a paper. Bit of a Thank you. bit of news, yep. news for the week, and then that should be it, right? Yep. So, like a twenty-minute guest speaking spot or fifteen-minute guest. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, I, at one point uh, at Flinders, we had a like a two or three slide maximum. Yeah. And that was actually really good. That's great. Um, so it made the talks really short, but that still you just got the the actual take-home messages out because yep. you can't really remember that much out of a talk. No. So, and if it's going to go for an hour. People are just going to zone out. Yes. And so the value of the meeting reduces with time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. also yeah, someone said true. to me, oh, I think Winston Churchill or someone said, look at me. <laughs> Did Winston Churchill say this to you? <laughs> he said, he, he called me up. And <laughs> he was he his said, ghost. Yeah. Ooh, I'm Winston Churchill. Um, <laughs> he called me up and he said, if I need to speak for an hour, I need five minutes to prepare. But if I need to sp- speak for five minutes, I need an hour to prepare. And that's because, like you said, you just cut out all the shit. Mm. It actually makes you ask the question, what's important? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. agree. I think 30 minutes is, is okay for group meetings. A lot of the group meetings I've been at in the last few years, they're always scheduled for an hour. Mm. But much the same as the ones Cameron talking about because we've gone to the same group meetings for years. Yeah. They would, uh, they would often be finished at 30 minutes. And that was fine. That was actually fine. And yep. it doesn't interrupt the day too much. Right. And you can get most of it done in 30 minutes. I'm saying minutes. this. <gasps> P-pop movement. Whoa. All our listeners, if you're in charge of a meeting or you've got a group, let's go for the 30-minute meeting movement. 30-minute meeting movement. 30-minute meeting movement. Say it fast, Gibbo. 30-minute meeting movement. Oh, that's good. I don't know why I struggled so much. I think it's definitely possible. I mean, if you schedule two or three things, you're going to get to an hour. But is it better? I think I do. I do agree in the sense that after thirty minutes, it's hard to keep attention going for that long. You can barely keep attention now. When I'm speaking, I can see your mind drifting off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that noise. 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 Speaking <laughs> words. Yeah. yeah. So, so duration. We think thirty minutes is probably optimum for a group yeah, meeting. Definitely no longer than forty-five. Can I get to my next point? Go for it. 
day and time of day. Temporal, the temporal vortex. <laughs> for the group meeting? Yeah, what's a good day and what's a good time for I've it? Got, I, re- I wrote down notes for this. Awesome. Go on then, schmoops. So, I personally prefer the start of the day because I think that that gives you... So, it's, um, at the start of the day, nobody's started reactions or anything yet. So, everybody should be have nothing else to do except for the meeting, mm. like not rushing in and out. Uh, if there are actions to be taken, there's still time in the day to complete those actions. Um, and But uh, that's where I think it should be happening. But the problem is that at a university, not a lot of people arrive at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people find it impossible to arrive at 9am. Yes. It's so... I That annoys the shit out of me. Like, I don't... I. Anyway, <laughs> scientists, even PhD students, I was absolutely part of this problem as well. But what kind of tone is it setting for, especially in Australia, to not turn up for nine to five, at least as a PhD student? It's setting a tone of... You don't care? Uh, well, or it's a, you know, I don't mind setting your own hours most of the time, but if yeah. something is on... yeah. You should be able to arrive at. I mean, at, at you should nine. be able to arrive at seven a.m. Yeah, and yeah. nine a.m. should be easy to arrive at. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, uh, like, let's assume you're only having one group meeting a week. Yep. So that's you've got one one day during the week where you've got to be in by nine o'clock. Seems doable, don't it? It does sound doable to me <laughs> when you put it that way. I know. I know because. We've changed our meeting times a bit. We've had people say, look, you know, I live quite far away and I've got to drop kids off at daycare and this and that, so I can't make it at 9 o'clock nearly every day. Mm. But, you know, if I get in at 10, I work till 6 or 7. So we have been quite flexible with meeting times for for people in those situations. Mm. But I know, I mean, one day of the week to get in before 9, it should should be possible. Mm. <laughs> it should be possible. You're, you're, you're squinting your eyes, is it? I, even for you, maybe it seems yeah. a bit impossible. Well, I, it, I mean, I, I live even closer to the uni now, so I can get in quite early, quite easily these yeah. days. So, but I don't live. I mean, some people do live a long way away, and they do mm. struggle to get in at nine o'clock. The other problem is, um, if you're not in by certain times, especially this time of year, parking's gone. Oh, you and your bloody parking! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, like I said, I, I can't complain because I just don't have that problem anymore. Yeah. Well, so we're all agreeing. So I've I think nine o'clock's possible, yes. At one time I had um meetings at the end of the day. Yeah. And I really didn't like it because we would talk and talk and talk. So everyone's there. So that's a positive. Yeah. We would talk and talk and talk and then there would be like action to take, action to take, action to take. It's the end of the day. Mm. I'm going home. Mm. But by the next day, no one's remembered to do the, the things that we said we would do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. On that, uh, in the Innovation and Collaboration Centre at UniSA, there's a startup called Minute Me. Ooh, Minute Me, and they take me- uh, minutes from meetings, like it's a web app, and it assigns actions to people, mm-hmm. so that you never have a pointless meeting. So Minute Me, go check it out. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Okay, very good. And the other option is, of course, middle of the day. So say, if, I mean, 10 a.m. So I really dislike middle of the day because I would start an experiment 
at the start. So you come in, stretch a lap, start something. And then if there is a meeting at some time in the middle of the day, it's difficult to time it such that your reaction can just be left alone mm. for that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the worst times, for me, the worst times are mid-morning and mid-afternoon. Mid-morning means you've just, the, the morning's gone. Mid-afternoon means the afternoon's sort of gone. Yeah. So, uh, I mean. Uh, I can see in your internal monologue saying, I should say that mornings is better. Yeah. But I don't like getting up in the mornings. Yeah, no, I, 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 can, I can make, not, well, actually, to be honest, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I can't make 9 a.m. meetings. What am I saying? Because I drop the kids off at school. Right. So I'm there till 9 o'clock and then it takes me 10, 15 minutes to get up to uni. I can't make Tuesdays and Thursdays. So actually, I, there's only three days of the week I could do 9 a.m. Mm. I used to be in a group where we had meetings at 4.30 on a Friday afternoon. Didn't really like them. Yeah. Didn't really like them. Right. But they did get good turnout, I have to admit. But I think the problem is if you have them that late, particularly on Friday, by midday, people just start tuning out. Because mm. it's like, well, you know, I've got a meeting this afternoon. It's already Friday afternoon. Bugger up, I'm not doing anything. And Friday afternoons are bad enough as it is. Mm. I would lean towards, I suppose I would, I mean, the current group meetings I'm in, we have them at lunchtime. And... I'm not too against that at what the moment. Do you, do you eat? Is it expected to bring your food? So food is brought. Food is brought. So someone is expected to bring um, sort of like dessert food and things like that. Not oh, really lunch not, foods. But can you bring your lunch to eat? No, no one does that. That's true. That's true. So no one's sitting in there eating their sandwiches. That's true. Mm. And that would be a bit distracting, I think, if you did do that. All the smells, all the food smells in the room, that would be minging. So I, Andy, I, you have all of your meetings at cafes and Yeah, things. but cafes are different to You're like spitting chomping, food into your, chomping into your meeting partner's face as you speak. That's true. Yeah. But like cafes are a nice place. I would want to be eating out of a Tupperware container in a lecture theatre. I do that. So for you, Ugh, BA, sick of me. <laughs> what are the best times for you? <clears throat> Uh, this morning I had a morning meeting. So you have to have morning meetings because people, some people don't like drinking coffee in the afternoons. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only reason. That's right. Um, I have had, guys, I have had so many meetings that throughout all parts of the day, I wasn't ready to like morning meetings, like breakfast meetings, yeah. but I like them. You love them. Uh, what because, time was your breakfast meeting? Uh, 7.30. Okay. So that's that is a before work before meeting. Before work. That's yeah. early. That's yeah. early for a, for a brekkie meeting. For yeah. sure. For sure. So 7.30, you know, I was on the bike at about seven o'clock, rode up to the city, stopped off, had my brekkie, as you guys like to call it. Yep. yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, look, more, and I felt so good because then it's, it's like 8.39. I've done shit already. Normally yeah. I would have only done a shit. Uh, <laughs> so, and you reward yourself by um, Having, watching Netflix. That's right. Yeah, yeah. By watching <laughs> yeah. a documentary on the beef uh, industry. This, you do come up with some good dad jokes, uh, BA. For someone oh, who's not a dad, you do have good dad Thank jokes. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, let me throw another one at you. What is the best day? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or Sunday? Oh, you didn't like Sunday. <laughs> All right. I'm not choosing Sunday, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of weekend meetings, I have to say. Uh, what's the best day, do you think? I got an answer. Monday. Monday? Yep. Get it Monday out of the morning, way. 9 a.m. Yep. 
Right. It, it's the same thing. So actions out of the meeting, you need time to, to do them. Yes, that's so a good point. So yep. if it's Friday morning, it's the same kind of thing. The weekend happens and then the action doesn't occur. And then also if you know you have a Monday 9 a.m. meeting, it means that your week is starting with something. Yep. And so you're not going to um, delay coming into work. Like you're not going to have a, a super late night on a Sunday just saying, oh, I'll just ease into the week. If you've got something first like thing on Monday morning, it makes you get to work and start the week. And for universities, Monday morning is sometimes better than you would think for parking. <laughs> <laughs> you and your bloody parking. It is a little better. So, I, oh, so you don't want a 9 a.m. meeting because you can come later on Mondays. No, 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 I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with Monday 9 a.m. I don't drop the kids off Monday, so I can make it. So that's no problem. All right, one last thing for meetings because I think we're getting near the end of it. What? What about the content? What should be in the meeting? And if you're running the meeting, how should you run it? All right. If it's a one-on-one meeting, I've been told that you should run a benefit check at the beginning of the meeting. What's that? So you say, we are meeting here today because for both of us, we or it will give us an opportunity to talk about something mm-hmm. and the benefit for both of us or for me or for you will be that you'll be able to now know this or whatever it is but doing that really early on in a one-on-one situation just stops it from going a bit too like I've, I've had a couple of meetings where it's like oh look when i requested the meeting i'm not really sure what i wanted from it you know like it was just i just thought it was good it's good to catch up mm-hmm. touch base and look some of them have turned out to be great some of them not so great but it's all about just laying it out there and then if if it's like and the benefit is we'll just kind of like chat for a bit then you know not to invest too much time and it's nice and it could be 15 mm. minutes instead of an hour yeah. anyway so that's a good way to to check um in terms of format i like schmoopies like a keynote <laughs> for the science meeting and then a good solid chair, someone who actually just pulls people up and be like, okay, you've had your, like, I love the idea of just, if someone's got something to say or a whinge or something, like there's your two minute, five minute time or whatever it is, have it, have your say, bing, all right, move on, like for the kind of discussion bit. So so a meeting that does have some decent structure to it as Ooh, well? Oh, yeah, you've got to have a structured meeting, mate. All right, okay, okay. Yeah, so scheduled presentation, so for the group meeting, or if even if it's in a one-on-one meeting, mm. it's known what's going to be discussed prior. So if it's just going to be, say, your regular fortnightly, weekly meeting with the researcher to supervisor, the you're going to present results. Yeah. And so I like those because they are mini deadlines to oh, yeah. create. So if I'm a researcher, I know I've got a meeting on Monday. I need to get some results to show that I've done something during the week is mini deadlines. So mm. other, if there's no deadlines, nothing gets done. Um, and so back to the group meeting, I like having a schedule. So you know that who's going to speak in advance. You know that there's going to be a time to discuss lab matters. There's going to be a time to discuss uh, news. So, um, and so everyone knows what's coming up. Everyone knows when to say something if they've got something to say. Mm. Yeah, the meetings I'm involved with at the moment are pretty well structured and they go pretty well. My problem with poorly structured meetings is it's whatever time you allocate, that's how long the meeting's going to go for. 
Oh yeah, you know another, I mean? another reason for to say thirty minutes because if you do have an hour, things would often stretch to an hour, or people would be feel fine coming in late. Yeah, thirty minute meeting movement. It'll it'll it's like a gas occupying a volume. It'll just expand to occupy that space yeah. and that time. So if you have a three hour meeting, I've been I've been in long meetings where people are just looking at each other, going, "I got nothing to say," but, but it's we've still got f- another hour. So. And they just drag on. Mm. All right. I don't think I, I've got a story. Oh. Uh, I was in a similar meeting this week or since we last talked about Similar meeting meetings, to what? To a, a, a big work group meeting um, as part of this, you know, one of these energy groups that I'm in. One of these, one of them. Just one, one of, of them, them, mate. One yep. of many. EGs, energy groups. Two hours was designated for this mo- meeting. Yeah. And this is one of the meetings where you walk in and there's a, Plate of sandwiches there. Oh, so the yum. idea is you you grab a sandwich and, Ooh, then and sit a cauldron of coffee and tea in the corner. Was there some of that? Cauldron of coffee, cauldron of tea, yeah. uh, an orange juice, juice. yeah, orange juice. <laughs> and orange water. Juice. Were the cups uh, real cups or are they polystyrene? Uh, real cups. Real coffee or tea bag oh, coffee. Real coffee. I <laughs> think I had a tea actually. Paddle pop sticks or teaspoons. I had a tea without sugar, so I don't know. Okay, mate, this is Adelaide Uni. They don't fuck around. <laughs> Two hours was designated to this meeting. And went for five. It started very slowly. I was there on time. I look around and there's no one else there. <gasps> slowly after the time that it was supposed to start, people start petering in, grabbing a grabbing a sandwich, having a chat, sitting down. Yeah. So we started real slow. Mm. Two hours, of course, so that meant plenty of time. Yeah. By the two-hour mark of the meeting... <laughs> We still had five people left to talk. No. That doesn't sound well structured. And people had apparently lecturing commitments and other things, meaning that they had to leave while people were still left to speak. Oh, mm. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, not great, not great. So this is why maybe maybe the, I think two hours was right, but it just yeah needed more structure. Yeah, I needed more knowledge at the time. Yeah, and maybe a stronger chair, really pushing things along. Yeah, um, not that they. Yeah, it just meandered so much at the start, and everybody obviously had the idea to just take it easy like, oh, by it's the two fact hours. that. Yeah, there's loads of time. I'd say in the early days of my career, say in the first thousand meetings I had, uh, I would often feel a sense of superiority when people would come in late. Uh, <laughs> and like, oh. Oh, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I'm on time uh, and you're quite late. Yeah. yeah. Until I realise that most of the time people simply don't care. No. They simply don't care. You don't get any points for coming in early. You should though, shouldn't you? You should. You should. Sh- I should have come in and grabbed a, a flag <laughs> <laughs> for With, first arrival. Yeah. And then uh, whenever I had a question to uh, – I mean, I, I said nothing through this entire two-hour meeting. Yeah, Shake the flag. flag. I, I wave my number one flag and yeah. I get first question if I choose to have it. Yeah. Or, yeah, or you say, um, flag, I'm not asking any questions. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was here first. But I was actually here first. Yeah, I know I'm not inputting anything into the meeting, but I was here first. Flag, I get to decide the temperature of the air conditioning. Oh, that's power. Flag, <laughs> I get to choose where everyone sits. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and you don't have to ask any questions. Flag, asking no questions. Because in those big group meetings, everyone's expected to ask a question at some point. Flag, I can say swear words at people. 
you're giving yourself way too much power for Flag. coming. No, 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 that's fucking shut up. <laughs> <laughs> coming in early does not make you omnipotent. Oh. Flag. <laughs> I just like the the idea of saying flag when you want when you want attention. Flag. <laughs> Listen to me. Right, it's time that takes off as well. Ah, one more thing. What? Meeting techniques. Have you ever encountered meeting techniques you think people use to get out of contributing to a meeting when you obviously know they've done nothing? Have you ever seen that sort of thing before? No, I see people present the same data oh, yeah, for a yeah, number of ye- yeah. a number of weeks before anything's I, really I had a supervisor happened. who had no memory of anything after about a week, so you could keep presenting the same data and they didn't know the difference. That I, is possible. I reckon yeah. a load of people would be able to do that. Yeah. I know a guy who says he has to drop his kids off at school on Tuesdays and Thursdays <laughs> to get out of meetings. That scumbag. What a scumbag. Yeah, I think I think it's harder to get away with that sort of thing in group meetings. Because there'll always be yeah, some squat sure. who would remember that you'd um, shown the same data. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some sort of Cameron Shearer or Adam Blanche type, you know, yeah. those kind. Blanche Dubois. He's already reported that, sir or ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> You're making fun of people who pay attention and, rem- and remember things. I am. I am. I Flag. Am. He's already shown that. Yeah. <laughs> Flag. Flag. My favourite person in the meeting, this is my favourite person in the meeting, is the person that always looks confused no matter what's being told to them, like you're doing right now. So I'll get up and I'll say, hi, I'm Chris, and they give you that look of like, no, you're not. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're Christopher. You? You're Christopher. Yeah, I don't understand anything you're saying. And they have Flag. that look. Where's the tefer? <laughs> and they have that look the entire talk. Yeah. I used to hate those people. Now they're my favourites. <laughs> uh, you know, um, so as far as the group meetings, we didn't talk about, you said, we didn't say um, once a week, once a fortnight, once Ooh, a month. Yes. Do you have a, um, an idea on that or a, a thought on that? Two weeks. For group meetings, yep. I feel like one week just isn't, and just is it just happens too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Three weeks is too yeah. long in between because things can happen. Oh, two week fortnightly the, meetings. The regular group I'm involved with is actually combined. It's a combined bunch of groups. So yeah. if you went every two weeks, some students might, you know, slip through the. Yeah, through the not, net. I think it's, it's depending really on how large the group is. Yeah, so if you've got a 26 people group and you're presenting and, it, and there's a uh, meeting every two weeks, then the, everyone's presenting once a year. It's not true. enough. I look, ideally, I like the fortnight idea. Yeah. Ideally, I do. I but do. then at the same time, if you're only like, it's mainly to show people a progress, not to be pick at results. So like that should be a supervisor student thing like a weekly meeting with them or a fortnightly yeah, meeting but with that's them, assuming the supervisor is the one who's best geared to give advice on how to do something yeah that's true which is not the not case always the case yeah because like, often the lab mates who that's true not who perhaps aren't quite aware of what someone else is doing yeah mm. can i throw another one in there go on that often comes up go on journal club flag <laughs> they fucking suck <laughs> They suck. I mean, every now and then you will have this come up at group meetings. Where it's Flag, like- <laughs> this fucking sucks. Hang on. I was here first. <laughs> Cam- Cameron, Flag, since, since you were here first. Let him continue. Let him continue. So, I don't mind the journal clubs. No, no, since you were here first, can you give us a, give us an explanation of what journal club is, Cameron? Uh, since you got here first. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you a job. <laughs> 
What is Journal Club, Cameron? So Journal Club would be a presentation that would be done at a group meeting where instead of presenting your own results, someone you would summarize a paper. Yeah. yeah. So ideally you would choose an important paper that is recent. Um, not 20 years old. Not 20 years yeah. old and not an unimportant slash bad paper. Yeah, yeah. But that yeah. doesn't always happen. Yeah, I mean, what what I've seen happen at Journal Club is these sort of meetings is someone will get up to to present a paper and then they basically get interrogated like it's their work. Oh, yeah. And you can <laughs> see it. people yes. going, this, no, you, I, I, this isn't my, my work. Yeah. This yeah. is someone else's work. Yeah, but answer this question. Why, Why is the sample size so small? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you do this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I didn't do it. So it can get – once scientists smell blood in the water – It's all in. It's all in, yeah. yeah. It is funny how you show someone someone else's paper. They will blame you. And they nitpick it unbelievably. Yeah. yeah. So what I did was I, I used to take different tactics where I would show a particularly crap paper and then point out all the flaws in it. And that was just a feeding frenzy where I wasn't really the one being blamed. I was part of the yeah. I was part of the the school of sharks. You're providing sustenance. Yeah, yeah. So that was one tactic I used on occasion. Yeah, good. But overall, I guess I'm not a massive fan of Journal Club. I would have to I've say never well. seen it work. Flag it has <laughs> never worked. Cameron, you're gonna to respond to that flag. So I, I haven't had many good experiences with Journal Club. <laughs> you were just but the it. idea of it is good. So the idea to encourage people to read yeah. papers in the field and to read them carefully is a good idea because often students, researchers just get stuck in what they're doing mm. and they lose sight, like it's the tunnel vision. They lose sight of what's around them. Mm. And so it could be that they're doing something that has already been done or that could be done better if they had just if they're just more aware of the surrounding journal articles. Mm. But journal club often turns into a feeding frenzy of nitpicking graphs with yeah. no other information. Yeah. yeah, and I I think what tends to happen is people like you know in advance you're going to do the paper for that that week and it might be six weeks, but you don't start looking at a paper till the day before. And then to really properly critique a paper, like do it properly, you can't just look at it a couple of days before. Mm. And so everyone's rushing to get a paper. Everyone's rushing to say something sensible about it. And it just turns into something quite inefficient. My problem a few times when I did what Chris uh, talked about, I would have a paper decided early. I think we might have even had to email it to the group a week oh, before. yes, yes. I would find a paper, rush to find a paper for that one week deadline, email it to everyone, read it th- the day before, and be like, this and then, is shit. Yeah, like this is a boring, boring paper with no good results. Uh, or some other SWAT has read it more thoroughly than you have. Yeah, and you're up there talking about it, and they're like, "You didn't look at this bit, and you didn't take that into account." It's like, mm. well, it's because I didn't read it properly. So, Journal Club is is a rabbit hole. Be careful of it. Don't go down it. Flag. Yeah. I now love Journal Club. Flag. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Journal Club. <laughs> <laughs> Our next section is not science this, it's <gasps> Would You Rather. Ooh. Science edition, P-pop. Would that you rather? Yeah. yeah. Would you rather is all about giving two scenarios or options and then oh. <laughs> finding out what finding someone would out rather. What someone would rather. It's exactly like it says on the tin. Yeah. I love it. Gibbo. Yep. Kick us off. All right. My would you rather is specifically for Cameron Shmoopy Shearer. That's me. Oh. So, I, 
I'm excited by this one because I think it's a really good one. Uh-huh. And I think it's gonna right. it's gonna test Cameron. He's gonna be. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to choose. Anyway, here we go. So <laughs> sorry, did some jazz hands there, everyone. So jazz hands. <laughs> Shmoopy, would you rather Oliver grow up to become a Nobel Prize winning scientist and one of the most gifted minds of our time? Or would you rather he grow up to be one of the greatest cricketers slash sportsmen <laughs> Australia, nay, Ooh. the world has ever seen? Oh, I don't know what's true. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that a good one? Isn't That's that a good really one? Great. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, I would rather him do whatever he wishes. Of course, of course. Of course That's of course. not one of the things I could choose between no. what he, what I would rather him do. We're looking at two alternate universes that you have to choose between. Yep. It's a tough one. Cricketer. I'm choosing Ooh, cricketer. Cricketer. Wow. All right. Go. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I think that's fair because I've never seen a scientist uh, get sponsored by a brand. <laughs> There's a lot uh, more Not money. that I can think of. A lot more wasn't money. Wasn't Einstein? No, he was sponsored by Reebok, wasn't he? Einstein? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it Nike? I can't remember now. <laughs> no, I think that, that... Fair enough. Fair enough. But you must have been tempted by the Nobel Prize. Definitely. So... Both very, very much probably equally high stature in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I got to go for the successful cricketer. I think with the cricketing, you're going to get some more celebrity as yeah. well. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think even, would you get more cash? I know. I yes. Mean, you think? Absolutely. The Nobel yeah. Prize isn't even that much money. Isn't so, it? Well, we, we looked up that um, the highest earning scientists for one episode and they mm. were all writers, not actual scientists. That's right. And I think, uh, was it James Watson sold his Nobel Prize for $2 million? Well, that's pretty good. Was it? I'm sure a cricketer, the best cricketers now are earning that much a year. But but would Oliver, the Nobel Prize winning scientist, wouldn't he be able to like do lecture tours and earn millions of dollars a year from that and things like that? Apparently he, not. He might have a spin-off company. He might. Yeah. But that wasn't part of the the Rathers. That wasn't part of the Rathers, fair enough. I'm I'm kind of thinking that he's gonna have a good cricket career. Mm-hmm. Retire at thirty-five, yep. and then he might go into his second love of science, oh, and okay. then win a Nobel Prize. What a life! He wants both. He wants both. Fair enough. What All right, life. Forrest Gump style movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm going to do you now, BA. Oh, I've, I've been waiting for you to say that for ages. Now this is going to be um, a bit of a tough one for you. All right. All right. This is going to hurt as well. All right. Would you rather a thick head of beautiful chestnut hair? <laughs> Flowing locks of glistening virility, or yeah. would you rather a powerful neck of corded muscle <laughs> that draws gasps of awe from all who see it and don't see it? Ooh. Now, and don't see it. It's that thick it's that with corded muscle. People, people are like, like oh, sense I power sense near me. All right. That's a tough one. Do you know what? Like when I was younger, my mum said to me, Andy, with your hair, you're going to be able to have any hairstyle that's ever in fashion <laughs> because it was thick, luscious, and like you could mold it. So I feel well, like if I've... you wear a wig, you can have whatever you want. Yeah, but wigs. No, no. Buy me a wig. A toupee. Two buy me one. Um so I feel like I was sold a dream that yep. I never got. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the big neck, yeah. I've not got anything to kind of put yeah. on it. Like I've always had a weedy neck. My mum never said to me, <laughs> Andy. The thing about your neck is it's always going to be thick and muscular. <laughs> and corded with muscle. And corded yeah. with muscle and yeah. cause people to gasp in, in amazement. Um, so, look, give me the hair, mate. All right. Fair Ooh, enough. Oh, taking fair the enough. big hair. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, good answer. Good answer. I'll accept that. What do you think? Uh, 
I mean, his thin neck does kind of suit his bald head. Would does it make me a little bit lo- lollipoppy though? <laughs> <laughs> a little, I guess. I do. I I do often want to lick thin, the top of your head. Thin is my yeah. <laughs> Especially now, because it's it a looks bit so wet. shiny and glissy, like a like a toffee apple. Yeah, I just want to take a bite out. That's of just it. like head grease. It does look sweet. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How thick are your necks then? <laughs> I don't think you have a thin neck. I don't. I don't. Oh, that's good. Like, is his neck like your neck, Chris? Is quite wide. Like yeah. your neck is equal width of your head. Yeah, it does go straight down for Whereas, the ears, I guess. Andy has a slightly thinner neck than his yeah. head. And I think I have a slightly thinner neck than yeah. my head. That's probably normal, I suppose. I mean, my neck hurts sometimes when I push it too that's far to the side. That's the head's too massive. Yeah. That's my brain. My yeah. brain's just you, too big. Just that's a bit what more, it is. A bit more thick neck and you'll be fine. Yeah. All right. All right. I have got ones that I want both of you to have a go at. They're, they're science-y rather than sort of targeted towards your lives. All right, yes. The Fair first enough. one, because I, kn- I know that both of you are massive nerds mm-hmm. and you love this shit. Oh, oh, science fiction. Movies. Would you rather ride in the TARDIS or oh. the Enterprise? Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So the TARDIS... Offers Who. time and space, yeah. Whereas the Enterprise purely offers space, yeah. But how? But it's well, way cooler, in my actually opinion. Actually, not strictly true. There have been a couple episodes <gasps> where they slingshot round the sun <laughs> and they're able to um, go into the past. This happens twice. And <laughs> if they don't use their warp drive, they could move at relativistic speeds and go into the future. Okay. So time travel is possible with the Enterprise. Okay. And the Enterprise looks like. Looks really cool. It's big and it's got holodecks. It's, I mean, I mean, well, the TARDIS is massive too because on the inside it's enormous. Mm. Um, the problem with the TARDIS, I think, is I mean, it, the TARDIS can also move in time and space. Yeah, um, but it doesn't work all that well most of the time. Isn't the Doctor constantly uh, having it is problems? Often broken, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so he does run. I mean, has lots but, of great I mean, adventures. The Enterprise, they run into problems a lot as well. They like do. every they episode. Seems the, to be a problem. The dilithium crystals and the warp chamber. I am so bored by this. I've never seen you to enjoy a topic so Our much. Our listeners are spiking right now. There's a huge spike in listenership right now. It's a tough one. Um, look, I'm personally going to go with the Enterprise. Oh, all right. Cameroon. So I think that I, I like the idea of the Enterprise. I think you'd probably have more fun. There'd be more a bit more camaraderie in the Enterprise. The yeah. Doctor Who, mm. he's kind of a, a bit of a... A di- uh, a, he's Dick like head. a supervisor So okay. he kind of talks down a lot To whoever yeah, else yeah, is in the TARDIS yeah, And I don't really yeah. like that But he's got yeah. his phallic wand thing hasn't he He's a sonic screwdriver Okay um, But just the fact that it's easy to go through time and space I can fix it and get it working I'm going for the TARDIS <laughs> oh, all right. For the, the greater options Nice There we go That's a good nice. depth difference Yeah. Alright like um, And I've got We can go to you And then I've got like one or two it, Okay, yeah. you just do mine, and then you can do both of yours, and yeah. then Chris can, can right. finish. No. Good, and you can. Let's do it, Cameron. All right. Sorry, is this about you? Is it? Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> uh, I, uh, <laughs> 
there's not enough attention on me this episode. I had to get out of that TARDIS <laughs> funk that happened. That was that was a, that was a great question, though. All right, I was going to ask you. I don't, I feel like I should ask Chris the one. That's now. right. No, no, oh, you, you what? Can, uh, opposition uh, defiance. Ask Andy. Ask All right, Andy, Andy put what? your phone down and listen. No. Here we right. go. Here we I'm go. Here. here we go. All right. Would you rather be a successful entrepreneur, yeah. which means you are self-sufficient? As far as uh, funding or, or cash is concerned, yeah. you're happy with your work, but you're working 80 hours a week. Ooh. Or would you rather live on a basic living allowance if this was brought in? Um, you're still working as an entrepreneur, not necessarily successful, but you're working as many hours as you choose. So I had a similar conversation recently about how far I wanted to take verbalize.science because there's an, a certain entrepreneur that's just called um, like a lifestyle entrepreneur, mm -hmm. which is someone who like builds up a business to the point where it's not really massive. It doesn't make millions of dollars. They're not going for massive scale, but they are able to survive on the income and maybe they, they you know, it's like modest and, mm. and, but the idea is they free up loads of time. Like they work on it two to four hours a week and then the rest of the time they're like just hanging out. Yep. I love the sound of that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then being a success, like I look at the big companies. So you look at, right, who's, who recently were the most successful like entrepreneurs? Elon Musk, Travis okay. from Uber. Right, you got to admit that they're oh. as far as it goes, and you start as you start listing off these people. Yeah, you realise that they're they're not great people to be like. Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't want to be like Uber. Yeah, I want to be a nice lifestyle business where I get to play guitar on a beach. Okay, good one, very good. And if that includes having a basic living allowance, all the better for it. So be it. Yep. Okay. Good. That's an interesting. Yeah. Good. Good answer. All right, so Chris, this comes off your news from uh, last episode where you Ooh. announced that Flinders University, your workplace, has created the Flinders Microscopy and Microanalysis. Yes. Would you rather <laughs> manage Flinders Microscopy and Microanalysis? Oh, no. Don't say it. Or manage Flinders Microscopy and Microanalysis Facility. Oh. Well, <laughs> I interesting because there is precedent Ooh. because we have a facility called Adelaide Microscopy. That makes sense. And pause, nothing at the end of that. No, well, no, it, does, it doesn't need it. Why? Because microscopy is already a, a one whole thing. Isn't microanalysis something as well? So we're Flinders but, Microscopy and Microanalysis. Yeah, so you're two different things. You need something tying those two things together. No, I don't think so. Grammatically, <laughs> you do. Nope. I'm going. I am. I am the the manager of Flinders. <laughs> Mi oh, if I had the choice. Yeah. What, what would you rather? That's, Flinders that's Microscopy and Microanalysis. Boom. There you go. He's done it. There you go. He's done it. There you go. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Have you got another Bit one? Bit of a physicsy one. Oh, here we go. Bit of a physics-y one for you. Would you rather have a world with 50% more friction <laughs> or a world with 50% less friction? Ooh. So friction controls quite a lot of things. Yeah. So it controls uh, how I've... quickly my car stops. Yeah. 
even um, through the air, like even walking. A lot of machines are going to work less efficiently if friction goes up. It's yeah. going to be a lot of extra Ooh. waste heat. You should be thinking about how atomic force microscopy is going to change with friction. Yep, yep. Yep, it's going to change the field of tribology a lot. Tribology? <laughs> yep, what tribology. The is that? The study of friction. Tribology? He's published in a journal called something of tribology. Are huh? you really? Uh, the journal was called Tribology. <laughs> 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 and it's not three levels of biology. It's just tribology. Is it really hard to like get the pages apart? Like the just well, like no, they're friction in, is They're frictionless. Oh, so they just slide the open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know, Schmippy, you wanna you wanna feel this first? Yeah, I'll go first. So I remember um living in um Munster for a while. We would have uh, for a few months of the year the the pavement would just turn to ice mm. and it was very difficult to walk with that much less friction because of walking on ice. Yeah. It was very awkward. You had to do the penguin shuffle. Yeah. Occasionally, if something happened, I would almost do the splits, yeah. almost fall on my ass. I'm choosing more friction. All right. Uh, and then I'll just power through whatever that entails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just power through. Uh, I'm going to go for less friction. Oh, another polarizing. Uh, All because right. only because I mean, I take I take Schmoopy's point. It's a good one. Uh, only because I think a lot more machines will work more efficiently, and that means less energy will be required. Ah. And that will be better for the environment. So wind turbines would turn. Yeah. Ah, but you need something has to. That's friction little, is required. To, you do, you do to need turn friction. A, yeah. a turbine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, interesting. So it all would it all reduce evenly? So you get the same amount of energy per wind. I don't know. I would imagine something like flight would be easier, perhaps, because you've got you know you're moving through the air, so but it, less that fuel. requires lift. You're right. You're right. Yes. So, Whoa. so uh, the structure of the aircraft might have to change. You might just go boom straight up in the air. There you go. Yep. Yeah, just like a little, little bit of forward motion, yeah. and yep. you like the eagle taken off from the moon. Yeah. And then there's lots of other machines that uh, I think would work more efficiently yeah. if there was less friction, and that would that would reduce energy costs. Sex would be a little bit easier. Mm, yes. All right. I got one more, and this one's a little bit silly. That's right. Would you rather have the eyesight of an owl or the ears of a bat? <laughs> so are you saying that the ears with their sonar type? Yeah. And you're, so you're assuming that's coming from the ear and not from not from clicking, like blink, yeah. blink, blink. Well, I guess you would. Yeah, you have to be able to produce, You have to be able to produce sound. But yeah. is it them listening, or is it just the like the? I guess vibrations from your ear is... Yeah. So they've got amazingly sort of like huge ears that capture the smallest of sounds. So I guess I'm asking super eyesight or super hearing? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to go for eyesight. Why? Because um, you, you, you know what life's like without good eyesight. Yeah, I'm a very, yeah. <laughs> I'm a very visual person. <laughs> and unfortunately, my eyes are letting me down. So I'd like a boost in my eyesight. Yeah, right. Um, and I mean, hearing's hearing's very important. Don't get me wrong. I love hearing. Yeah, I love hearing things. But I think super sight. You'd rather sight, watch a movie than listen to music. I can always put the subtitles on. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, super sight would be would be good. And I think ours as well. You've got better night vision. Yep. And I like the idea of some better night vision. <laughs> I really do. I don't well, know. Said I, you'd like save a, money on uh, lights at yeah. night time. Boom. Thank said you. like a true pervert. Yeah. <laughs> I could sit in the dark at home and it'll be fine. I'm going to choose the side of the owl as well. Nice. I think that science 
has done a better job to help out hearing than what it has done to help out eyesight. Sure. So hearing okay. aids versus the bionic eye. Exactly. Yeah. So I and uh, so uh, Lauren's grandfather has trouble hearing, so he wears a uh, an earpiece. Yeah. And he can use his phone as the receiver. Oh, so awesome. so he can put it in another room. He can put it in another room. What That's a like spy. a superpower. That's he's like a cyborg. That's incredible. Yeah. So I would if I so. I mean, you didn't do a would you rather where you're losing the, the one you don't have. No, 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 no not at but all. I'm confident that science will help me out with keeping my ear, my earring, my hearing <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, whereas the sight obviously really does just degrade. So glasses fix it, but the glasses, um, well, you, still need, you still need to change your prescription. They don't always help. I imagine, or there's still degradation. <laughs> When you you're buy four prescription 90. glasses, <laughs> even my prescription ones break. I got to stop sitting on them. But yeah, uh, uh, no, it's a good answer. So go on for sight. So Schmoopy, here we go. So, would you rather change every nappy for a month, Ooh. every single nappy, Ooh. or be the person who gets up during the night every time the baby wakes for two weeks? So now there are nappy changes every time he wakes up. How am I getting a, getting around? I'm sorry you, that yeah you got to wake up for those and you got to change them. Well then, so the waking up is actually only if they awake, not for nappy changing, but for squawking or settling. Okay. So that's quite difficult. So you could do the nappy change and then just go straight back to bed. Yep, yep, that's possible. But then every nappy, so I don't mind nappy changes. Um, mm-hmm. The the poo the wee uh, the doesn't, poo the wee doesn't gross me out. I've been weed on. I've been pooed on. Uh, it's fine. Um, no, no problems with it at all. Can I wee and poo on you? No, definitely not. Problems, <laughs> problems, problems. But, problems, but problems. Not, <laughs> nighttime nappy changes. For what I found was they were usually enough to wake me up a bit. Yes. So I, I, I still wake up when he cries and when Lauren has to go. But I do go sh- very much straight back to sleep. Yeah. I, I would. I'm choosing uh, the nappy changes. Okay. I'll do the nappy changes for a month. Um, the getting up in the night to settle him is definitely the hardest job and yep. Lauren is amazing for doing it. Yep. All right, very good. That was Would You Rather. Would You Rather. Would You Rather. <laughs> Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Voice Rom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app, like our Facebook page, join in the forum, Andy Madonet. and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because that helps a lot. And thank you for the seven five-star reviews on iTunes. That's all of them five-star as well. That's right, 100%. That's 100% five-star. That's right, that's right. Cameroon. You were just listening to Publish Perishable Podcast and it was brought to you this week by the 30-minute meeting movement. Boom. There you go. Brilliant. Love it. Uh, Final farewells. Goodbye from Gibbo. Ciao. Bye.